Our reading this morning comes from Ruth chapter 1, verses 1 to 22. In the days when the judges ruled, there was famine in the land. A man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, his wife's name Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Melon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to live in Moab. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. She was left with two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Oprah and the other one Ruth. After they had lived there about ten years, both Melon and Kilion also died. Naomi was left without two sons and her husband. When she heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, Naomi and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to the daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show kindness to you, as ye have shown kindness to the dead and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them, and they wept aloud, and said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? I am, am I to have many sons who would become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters. It is more bitter for me than for you. Because the Lord's hand has gone out against me. At this, they wept again. Then Opa kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clung to her. Look, she said, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where I go, where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirring because of them. And the women exclaimed, 
can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Lord has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth the Moabites, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, I pray that as we look into your word this morning, that you would speak to us. Where we are, Lord, pray that you would reveal yourself as we listen to your word. I pray that uh, this word would be a comfort to those who are back to either living alone again, staying away from friends and family, including the church family. Lord, I pray that indeed you would be the one who shows your faithfulness to us, especially at this time when there's so much uncertainty. I pray and ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, friends, and welcome to our church at home. And I pray that you have a Bible in front of you as we are about to look at Ruth chapter 1. When we prayed that 2021, about 2021, we, I'm sure uh, we prayed that it would be different from last year. But judging by how it is starting now, there might be some similarities between the two years. It appears as if you will still be fighting this COVID for just for the first half of the year. And I don't even expect that things will get better by the second week of January. Because everyone who, who would have interacted with different family members, they only start to feel the impact around the 10th or so. And the hospitalizations might increase at that time. But even in all of this, I want to encourage us to continue to trust in God. To not wallow into uh, discouragement or depression. But rather to continue to trust that even this, even at this time, God will continue to use this for his good. I pray that we will trust that God will work everything for our good, as I said in Romans 8.28. The reason why we're looking at Ruth is because Ruth, unlike most uh, books of the Bible, is very different. It's different in a sense that God appears to be working in the midst of people's lives, in the midst of the chaos. And that is what we want to uh, believe as well. Not all of us, um, we will not have a voice from God speaking to us directly, telling us how to respond, telling us what to do when we have lost our jobs, telling us what to do under the threat of retrenchment, telling us what to do as we look towards the year with uncertainties. But I want, to, I want us to see from Ruth that God's faithfulness still abounds even in the midst of hopelessness. Though there is no direct command from God in the book of Ruth, but you can see that God is in the background. 
God is, is the one who is working to bring about uh, his purposes. God is, is the one who is demonstrating his faithfulness to his people. That is why we are looking at Ruth this morning. So let's start therefore by looking at uh, verses 1 to 5. Naomi's tragic loss. Naomi's tragic loss, verses 1 to 5. The first five verses tell us about Naomi's tra tragic loss. They tell us the when and the why. They tell us the when of the events of the book. And also they tell us why the events took place. The sin is said for us by the first verse. Verse 1. In the days when the judges ruled, there was famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. That phrase there, in the days that the judges ruled, is important. Because it demonstrates to us when this happened. But also it, it also gives us an indication of the type of place that, that these characters existed. Million uh, and uh, Elimelech and Naomi, his wife. The last verses in the book of Judges, the book before this, summarizes the nature of the times. Verses, uh, Judges 21 verse 25. It says, In those days Israel had no king, and everyone did whatever seemed right in their eyes. So Ruth chapter 1, therefore, picks up from where Judges 17 to 21 left off. off. A famine is happening in the nation of Israel. And this family, they do, like the other people around them, what is right in their eyes. And they decide that they're going to leave Jerusalem. They're going to go and, and seek greener pastures somewhere else. This idea of the famine in Israel could be associated with God's judgment over his people. If you remember in the Old Testament in Leviticus 26, there was an association of God's blessing to his people when they obeyed him and God's curses on his people when they lived in disobedience. As you see in the context of judges, as everyone does what is right before their eyes, God punishes them. And now we see that this punishment leads to a famine in the land. There is no food. So this family, they decide to leave Bethlehem and go somewhere else. Ironically, the word uh, Bethlehem means house of bread. Now we're seeing that in this very house, in the house that God had promised bread in, has no bread. There is famine in the house of bread. But we also see the second irony is in the name of the husband who is leading this family to Moab as they search for greener pastures. Elimelech, uh, in, in Hebrew, means God is king. Means God is king. So now this Elimelech, 
who exist in a time in which the judges ruled and there was no king in, in, in Israel, he decides that he is going to remove himself under God's dominion. He's going to go somewhere else, away from the land of promise, a land in which God said to his people, Stay here and I will be your God and I will provide for you. When you obey, I will bless you. When you disobey, I will curse you. So, this man, whose name was meant to be a reminder that regardless of everything that is happening around you, God is king. God will rule and God will bring about uh, redemption even in this difficult circumstance. This man, who was meant to uh, trust in God, decides that I am going to live here. I'm going to leave this place. I'm going to take my family and I'm going to seek greener pastures. And you see what happens? Is that first of all, he dies. So, as you see in, uh, in verse 3, now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, dies. And she is left with her two sons. There's still a glimmer of hope. In verse 4, is that these two sons, they decide to take Moabite's wives. Under the circumstances that they are in, even though marrying Moabites, who had uh, deflected from the nation of Israel and mixed their religion with pagan religion, these Moabites, women, at least provide some glimmer of hope that through them the line of Elimelech would continue. It's undesirable, but it's better than the death of the family. But as you see, that tragedy is added on top of tragedy. So both, verse 5, Melon and Kilion died. And Naomi is now left with, it, with his um, two daughters-in-law. And it appears that there is no hope for her. In a country where, um, at a time, where women dependent on men for provision, now she is left with two daughters who need to be cared for. One who was depending on her sons, Naomi, now has no one, it appears. She has lost everything. We need to uh, say here that we need to distinguish as we look at this section and be tempted to think that, um, yes, even though these people uh, disobeyed God and, uh, yes, were punished by God for what they have done, it may be an indication that, therefore, what is happening in the country now will be happening in my life now as a believer in the Lord Jesus may be a form of punishment because what I'm seeing outside of me is that God does not appear um, you know, to be ruling. Everyone seems to be doing what is right before their eyes. Everyone wants to do what they want to do. The chief arbiter of truth is no longer God but myself. You may be tempted to think, therefore, that I am perhaps existing in similar times as Ruth and Naomi did. 
but we need to see this in light of God's revelation. The nation of Israel was meant to be a picture for the other nations around them, was meant to be a demonstration of God's faithfulness to uh, his people, was meant to draw the nations around them, Moab included, to see that when people obey God and follow his commandments, God blesses them. But we saw in the book of Judges, at a time where there was no king, everyone did whatever seemed right in their eyes, not what is right before God's eyes. And they wanted, they ended up wanting a king in Israel. They, they ended up saying to God, God, give us a king like the uh, nations around us. But they had forgotten that God was their king. Just as the name Elimelech suggests, God is king. Stay under God's protection. We may be tempted to put ourselves in Elimelech and Naomi's situation, but that is not the case this moment. We've seen in the Bible, especially in the New Testament, that the wages of sin is death. And that death is condemnation away from God through hell. God has not said to us that now, if we as a nation live in a kind of a, a obedience to him, that he will bless us, that there will be no sickness in the world and so on. God hasn't promised that. But rather he has said that if we obey him, there is life everlasting. We saw this last week as we looked at um, you know, uh, John chapter 3. That God sent his son into the world to die on our behalf so that those who, who believe in him would have eternal life. That life begins after they have believed in him. But there might be sickness for a while. There might be suffering for a while. But it does not mean that God has abandoned his people. So, as we look at the book of Ruth, especially in verses 1 to 5, and we see God's punishment of his people, we must not think that perhaps God is punishing us now through COVID. God has told us that the impact of sin is not only the wickedness that exists in our relationship with one another, but also the harsh treatment that nature has towards us. Even creation groans in futility, waiting for God's redemption, Romans 8 tells us. So what happens is that our bodies get poisoned by nature. Our bodies get sick and our bodies die. However, this also shows us that we, we as people who live in this time, in this time of uncertainty of COVID, to pray and to long for a reality in which God will show his blessing, his ultimate blessings to us, 
when he comes again and restores all things. The secondly, this shows us that yes, there are consequences to our, to our actions. There are consequences to our actions. And those consequences to, um, to Elimelech and Naomi were immediate. But to you and I, through God's grace, some, some consequences for our sins are not immediate. Yes, if you do go and uh, happen to kill someone, the justice of this world will um, you know, inflict consequences to your, to your actions immediately. But ultimately, consequences to our actions happen eternally. It happened uh, through uh, eternal separation from God, that is uh, hell, and that is uh, and that is a big deal, and that is something we ought to take seriously. Jesus spoke about hell as a place of torment and eternal separation from God, from which there is no uh, redemption. So. Our actions have consequences. And that we, this is meant to be an encouragement for you and I to live lives of obedience. What does obedience look like? I think chiefly, obedience looks like what God has said to us in John chapter 6 verse 38. This is what God has called us to do. To listen to his son and do what he says. To believe in his son. To trust in him. As God appeared to the disciples on Mount Transfiguration in Mark chapter 9. The believers, he, he, he said to them, This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Listen to him. So what are we going to do then? Are we going to um, listen to God? Or are we going to do what seems right in our eyes and suffer the consequences of that? Are we going to follow the example of Elimelech and move away from God? Or are we going to listen to his son and stay under God's dominion? And stay under God's kingship. Are we going to uh, trust in him this year? And continue to believe that he will provide for us? Even in the midst of a famine? Quote unquote. Or are we going to move away from him? And try and find our hope somewhere else? Are we going to continue to prioritize fellowship with believers or are we going to say I've had enough of this Christianity thing perhaps it doesn't appear to be solving the problems that I'm having the book of Ruth encourages us to continue to trust in him to continue to know that God works everything for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes.
That is my encouragement to you, church family. That indeed you would believe this. That you would trust in God. Let me end by praying for us. All the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments, his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen.